Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. This week's Summer Series podcast is a continuation of last week's conversation. It is for all of those veteran homeschooling moms who are thinking of giving up on homeschooling. And it's also for all of those moms who are thinking of homeschooling for the first time next school year. You know, it doesn't matter which part of the journey we are on. We all use the same reasons and have the same fears about why we can't start homeschooling or why we can't continue to homeschool. Now, last episode, we tried to dispel the myths, I can't homeschool because I'm not patient enough. I can't homeschool because I'm not a teacher or I'm not smart enough. We talked about the myth, I can't homeschool because I have too many kids at too many different levels. And we also tackled, I can't homeschool because I can't even help my child with her homework. This week, we're going to tackle a few more myths. So get your cup of coffee. Sit back and give yourself a little break. Let's start where we left off last episode. Now, the next reason is near and dear to my heart. I can't homeschool because my child is dyslexic or he or she has a learning disability. Now, first, I hate the term learning disability. Kids with dyslexia, visual and auditory processing issues, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD where they all just learn in a different way. Their brain is just wired differently. They see and hear things differently than others do. It isn't a disability. It's just a learning difference. And kids with these learning differences are very intelligent and they're very gifted in many other ways. Now, this myth or reason for not homeschooling is near and dear to my heart because my youngest is dyslexic and he has dysgraphia. And it's been quite a journey with him, but one I would not trade for anything. Through Joe's gift of dyslexia, we have seen God work in miraculous ways. We've seen God's glory shine through Joe's struggles, challenges, and triumphs. We have learned how to rely on God for everything because there were so many things we had absolutely no control over. It just is what it is. We prayed. We worked hard, we changed course when needed, we leaned on God. Then we waited, and we watched to see how and when God would work all things out for His glory. And He always did. There is so much to share on this I can't homeschool myth that I'll spend an entire podcast this summer on homeschooling kiddos with dyslexia. But I do want to share a few important things before I do that whole podcast on dyslexia. So number one, homeschooling a child with dyslexia or any kind of learning difference is doable and it's beyond rewarding. When you homeschool a child with learning differences, especially a child with dyslexia, you need to take things day by day, sometimes even hour by hour or minute by minute. But I tell Joe all the time, this will be part of his testimony one day. 
He will be able to share with others how God worked through him and his challenges, and he will be able to bless others who share his struggles with his personal experiences and stories of how God helped him overcome his challenges. Joe is a walking testimony of God's goodness, grace, and power. Knowing God is ultimately in control, knowing that God knew all of Joe's learning differences beforehand, and knowing that God has a good and perfect plan for Joe's life has helped me get through the hard years, the sleepless nights, and the crying meltdowns, both mine and Joe's. And second, there's no better place for your child with learning differences than to be home. There are so many days I felt like a failure, and I felt like I was only making things worse for him. And on those days in desperation, I must confess, you know, those days that I allowed the enemy's voice in my head to be louder than the Holy Spirit's whispers in my heart, those were the days I would look into traditional school and programs for Joe. Now, when we looked into IEP services and putting Joe into traditional school so he could have the so-called experts help him, it was kind of funny and pitiful what they offered. Joe would get one-on-one tutoring a few times a week. They would send him to special ed classes during the day so he could do his homework with special ed teachers. And then when he was in high school, he would get an extra study hall to work on his homework. He would get extra time for his tests and assignments if needed. He could use technology like his laptop and computer when writing essays and doing math and then later in algebra. Now, he wouldn't be able to leave the room when he got too antsy, but he could use some kind of fidget tool during class to help him with the extra energy and, you know, to help him concentrate. Now, during one of these conversations, I actually laughed out loud. I didn't mean to, but the conversation was so absurd. Now, by homeschooling Joe from birth to graduation, he was already getting all of these quote-unquote accommodations, and even more. I mean, he was already getting one-on-one tutoring every day, all day long. We homeschool. The student-teacher ratio in our school was two to one. He certainly didn't have to wait for the teacher to help him. His lessons and curriculum were already tailored to his needs. He could work at his own pace in reading and writing and math. We took our time with reading exercises and lessons, and we focused on writing weaknesses and spelling issues instead of reviewing the same grammar skills every year. We moved extremely fast in math because Joe was advanced and above grade level in math. So he could do reading and writing at a lower level while doing math at a much higher level. Now, traditional school would never have had the flexibility to allow Joe to do that. He could speed up or slow down any time that he needed. We didn't have to be on a certain page by a certain day. And because we homeschool, Joe was already getting extra time on tests and assignments whenever he needed it. He was already using technology to assist him with his dysgraphia and Grammarly and spell check for his spelling issues. And because Joe was homeschooled, we instinctively gave him accommodations that traditional school would never have given him. I'm sure they would have wanted to, but it would have been physically impossible for them to. Joe could take a break whenever he needed it. He could go hit on the tee or practice his karate katas when he felt like his brain was about to explode. 
He could toss a ball or do jumping jacks while he did math facts or spelling words. He could build with his Legos or draw when we read or did history stuff. He could interrupt our lesson or read aloud to ask questions or to clarify what in the world was going on. He could stand, lie down, sit on his bed, or hang from a tree while doing his schoolwork. He could be outside or inside or even in the bathroom or the car while memorizing lines, listening to a book, or dictating an essay. He could get up and get a snack or take a bathroom break whenever he needed it because he was homeschooled. Little did I know, I was already giving him all the accommodations a school would give him and so much more. And because I was his mom and I knew him inside and out and was with him for his big breakthrough and aha moments and for all of his heartbreaking pitfalls, I knew when he needed a break, when he was getting frustrated, when he just needed a little extra push or an extra word of encouragement or when he just needed to stop all together and try it again in a few days or a few weeks. I didn't need an expert to tell me these things. I was already an expert on Joe. I wasn't trained in teaching techniques or research on what works best for kids with dyslexia, but I was able to research the stuff on my own, thank you, Google, use my mom gut instincts and wisdom from the Holy Spirit to figure out and to help Joe. Being home is the best place for kids with learning differences because home is the most supportive and encouraging environment there is for a child. And as homeschoolers, we have the flexibility to tailor our child's education. Trust me, you won't ruin your child. And third, if or when you do need extra help, don't be afraid to call in tutors or specialists to help. Your son might need some remediation or eye therapy. Your daughter might need some OT or speech therapy. You will need a break too, so it's okay to call in some help so you can have a break every now and then. Teaching and mothering a child with learning differences can get overwhelming. You will need some time too where you're not completely and totally in charge of a lesson to be taught or a skill to be mastered. God will provide what's needed when it's needed. You just have to ask, patiently wait, and be open to the many different ways that God will answer your prayers. Oftentimes, God gave me exactly what I needed or exactly what Joe needed, but in a way completely counter to what I prayed for or asked for. So don't use the excuse, I can't homeschool because my child is dyslexic or has some kind of learning difference. Instead, pray Daniel 2, 21 through 22. God gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in the darkness and light dwells with him. Sometimes we just need God to reveal to us the hidden within our child. Sometimes we just need God to reveal to our child what is hidden and to make it real and known to him. You know, I prayed this verse over Joe his entire sixth grade year. And the Lord revealed many things about how Joe thinks and learns, and he opened Joe's eyes to ways that he could attack his schoolwork so he could overcome his challenges. Then hold on to the promises in 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prevailed, prepared for those who love him. 
God doesn't want our dyslexic child to just survive. He has big plans for each of them. We may be limited in our earthly here and now vision, but God sees how he will use our children for his glory. God will work in ways that will be beyond what you and I could ever imagine. And if you're still not convinced you can teach your dyslexic child or your child with learning differences, then make sure you listen to our Coffee with Carrie summertime series. I will spend an entire podcast in a few weeks on this topic. So make sure you subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast so you don't miss the episode. Before we end this podcast, I want to dispel the biggest lie. I can't homeschool because I can't afford to, or I'm a single mom, or it's too expensive to homeschool. Let's be clear. Homeschooling can be done on a shoestring. You know, I never really understood that expression. But anyway, you can homeschool on a very tight budget. And yes, depending on the curriculum choices and homeschooling methods you choose, homeschooling can get quite expensive, but it's all in the choices you make and the sacrifices you're willing to take. Homeschooling gets expensive when you choose to use commercially made all-in-one box curriculum. Now, don't get me wrong. These curriculums are awesome. And if you have the money or the resources, or you can figure out a way to make them fit into your budget, then go for it. You are paying for high quality material and the convenience of having everything laid out for you all in one place. The planning is basically done for you. You're left with figuring out how to fit the curriculum into your schedule and how to use it to meet the needs of your individual kiddos. Many moms feel that added expense is well worth what they get for the money. There's usually no second-guessing or searching at the last minute for needed books and materials when you use these very expensive all-in-one curriculums. Now, homeschooling can get expensive, too, if you decide to take a lot of classes outside the home. If you have two or more kids and each child is taking two or three classes outside the home, well, that can add up very quickly. It may feel like you're making a tuition payment at a local private school. And while it's painful to write some of those checks, Taking classes in the homeschool community is still way cheaper than an annual tuition cost of most private schools. Those music lessons and voice lessons and art lessons and science classes and robotic classes and math tutors and reading specialists, it can all get very expensive, especially if you're paying on a monthly basis. But there is a way to homeschool on a budget and still use some of the curriculum you love and to take some of the classes you want to take. You just have to be a bit more selective and creative in your paying methods. In our Coffee with Carrie summertime series, I will be spending an entire podcast on how to homeschool the wonder years for free. But I want to give you some of my favorite tips here to help you rethink your budget for next year. First, if your child or your children, or pre-K through fifth grade age, you really don't need to do more than two, two and a half hours of school a day. This means don't worry about spending tons of money on tons of workbooks you probably won't need or ever get to. Second, utilize the one-room schoolhouse approach I talked about in last week's podcast. This will help you cut your expenses if you're teaching the same topics to everyone and doing the same projects, activities, and experiments in history, science, art, and music. You won't need separate grade-level workbooks or curriculum if everyone is learning about U.S. history or astronomy or Monet or about the symphony all at the same time. And third, 
dust off that library card that you couldn't use during the pandemic and start using it again. The library is your best friend. And now, most libraries online reserve and pick up systems are fabulous thanks to the shutdowns and quarantines. Instead of buying books off of Amazon or buying prepackaged curriculum, borrow the books you want to use from the local library. Spend one day each month creating a list of books you would like to read for science and history and art and music or whatever you're studying. Then order them or reserve them online from your local library. If your local library doesn't have it, there's a good chance they have an interlibrary loan agreement with neighboring libraries. Then one day the following week, the kids can browse through the library for books they would like to read while you pick up the books you reserve from the librarian. If each child also has their own library card and you apply for the teacher library card, then you can check out even more books at one time with longer lending time frames and the late fees are less if you happen to misplace or forget to bring one back. It's a win-win. And next, you don't need fancy math and grammar textbooks for grades K through 7. If you live near a Costco, a Sam's Club, or an Office Depot, you can get awesome comprehensive math workbooks for every grade level for super cheap. And usually the math workbooks you can find at Costco, Barnes & Noble, or Office Depot are actually more colorful and more visually appealing too. Trust me, Your kiddos won't miss anything if they use a math workbook from the dollar store or a $20 BrainQuest math workbook instead of the $150 state-approved math textbook. I mean, math is math. Two plus two is still four. Save your money in case you might want or need a math tutor to help you out of a rough spot later in the year. The best part about using inexpensive math workbooks instead of an all-in-one fancy math curriculum is you can also target skills that need some extra help during the year. When my daughter was in fifth grade, she was having a little trouble with fractions. Since we were using games and a fifth grade math workbook that I got from Critical Thinking Publisher, I had a lot of money left over. So that year, when she needed the extra help and review, I picked up a few inexpensive math workbooks that focused just on fractions and decimals. Then, when my son came along, I didn't even have to buy the extra workbooks. I found free ratio and percent worksheets online, printed them, and used them, and it was all for free. And the same is true for grammar. You really don't need an all-in-one grammar program. The internet is full of free worksheets for parts of speech, writing activities, grammar rules, punctuation and editing exercises, and even worksheets for literary devices for the upper grades. Since the skills in math and grammar are taught and retaught and reviewed every year, you really don't need to follow some fancy scope and sequence of skills or the state standards in these two areas. If they're doing basic exercises every day or every week and applying these skills in real life by writing and computing in some way, they will be ready for high school stuff when they get there. And finally, I said this before, but if you really want or need your child to learn in a group setting or to be taught in a particular subject by someone other than you, then start a co-op or organize a learning pod before you invest in outside classes which require fees or tuition costs. If you're having trouble teaching math to your fifth grader, but 
you're a really good artist, then ask your homeschooling friend who loves math to teach math to your child and a few other friends one day a week. And then you'll teach her kids and your child's other friends art after the math lesson is complete. So what are you good at? What talented friends do you have? What neighborhood resources do you have access to? What grandma or retired senior at your church is looking for ways to volunteer? It doesn't have to be fancy or long. You can meet once a week, bi-monthly, or just once a month all day long. You can go on field trips together, nature hikes together, or do a service project all together. Organizing a small group of friends to learn with and to spend time with during the school year is one of the easiest ways to save money, to have fun, and to ease your planning and teaching time. And you can do all these things mentioned at the high school level too. My daughter's sophomore year, we had a Shakespeare class for my daughter and six of her high school friends. My son's junior year, we had a personal finance and U.S. history co-op for my son and two of his high school friends. I taught the U.S. history, my friend taught the personal finance part, and my other friend organized all the fun field trips that we did together to enrich their learning. It was all free because we were each responsible for organizing and teaching something. We shared the load and we had a blast. High schoolers can also take fabulous classes online for free from universities in the edX program or take classes at the local community college. High school students can get to take those classes for free. And barter with a friend. You or your son can exchange math tutoring or writing lessons for him doing yard work or you making home-cooked meals for your neighbor or doing some dog sitting. If you're good at something, you can offer to teach your friend's child piano if she can help your teen with geometry or calculus. Utilize all the free books your teen can, can read on Kindle for free. And most classics can also be accessed in print form and audio form for free on the internet. And of course, your teen can use his or her library card to get all kinds of stuff now that, they, that the libraries are open. And YouTube is free. Most academic apps are free. Utilize them all to help your teen learn how to apply, I don't know, cosine and sine. How to figure out the velocity of a hit ball or the difference between socialism and capitalism, or whatever the topic is your teen is struggling with or interested in. It's not cheating, and you're not being a lazy mom. Why reinvent the wheel when there are so many wonderful and free resources out there for just about every topic or subject your teen needs to learn or wants to learn while in high school? Now, if you're a single mom, you too can homeschool. The key is to find a friend or two or a family member or two who can come alongside you. Then, if you can, especially in this post-COVID world, see if your boss is open to you having more flexible hours or letting you work from home a few days a week. If it was doable during the pandemic, then your boss might be willing to continue that arrangement now too. If you're a single mom who has to work outside the home most of the week, then find a homeschooling friend who can help you once or twice a week. I have many working friends who were very creative in scheduling so that they could make this homeschooling thing happen. So like on Mondays and Tuesdays, your kids go to Miss Kay's house and do school with her family. Then on Wednesdays, maybe your mother-in-law can bring your kids to some of their classes outside the home. And then on Thursday and Friday, you work from home and your kids do more independent work while you get your work done. I've also seen single moms take a leap of faith and start their own businesses 
so they can stay home and homeschool. I'm not a single mom, but it's been tough living off of one income all these years. So I went from full-time teaching to part-time teaching as an adjunct professor so I could homeschool the kids during the day and teach teachers at night. Then when that schedule got too crazy, I retired my professor hat and started my own tutoring business. I tutored math and English every afternoon. I was able to homeschool during the day, and then when my public school students got home from school, I tutored them in the afternoon. When my daughter reached middle school age and she wanted to take a few classes with friends, I started teaching math, science, and writing classes in our local community. This way, I was prepping lessons and teaching my daughter what she needed that year, but since I was also teaching a few other homeschooling students at the same time, I was able to make some extra grocery money, or I was able to fill up my gas tank each week. Each year after that, I planned what I would teach in the homeschooling community based on what my kiddos would be learning that school year. This way, my kids had fun learning with their friends. I was only planning and teaching one one day outside the class. I was helping out some of my friends by giving them a break from teaching a few hours a week. And I was able to help supplement our family budget with a little extra cash each month. Single moms, this is one of the best ways to supplement your income while staying home so you can homeschool. So don't use the excuse, I can't homeschool because it's too expensive, or I can't homeschool because I'm a single mom. Instead, boldly pray Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Whatever you ask, if it's in God's will, he will provide. Whether it's financial assistance, homeschooling help, or more flexible hours, God will answer your prayers and in abundance. Then hold on to the promises in Psalm 37, 4 and John fourteen thirteen. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And also, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If the Lord has called you home to homeschool, he will make a way for you to do it. The roadblocks may seem impossible to move or the challenges may seem too difficult to overcome, but the Lord will move heaven and earth if you boldly ask and humbly walk in obedience. I should do a whole podcast on all the ways God has miraculously answered our prayers so that our family could continue to homeschool and to still have all of our needs met. If you're still not convinced you can homeschool for free, or at least for almost free, then make sure you listen to our Coffee with Carrie summertime series. I will spend a whole podcast next week on this topic, so make sure you subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast so you don't miss the next episode. If one of your excuses is, I can homeschool K-8, through but I could never homeschool high school, then check out previous Coffee with Carrie podcast on homeschooling through high school. In season one, check out episode number 12 called, So, You're Thinking of Homeschooling High School, and episode 34, High School Help, Expectations, College, Kingdom Work, and Beyond. And then in season two, listen to episode number 27, High School Hindsight. I'm positive you will have a whole new outlook and perspective about homeschooling through the high school years after listening to these three episodes. And if you're afraid 
that your homeschool athlete will never get into college or have an opportunity to play high school or collegiate sports, then definitely check out Coffee with Carrie podcasts in season two, episode number 19, High School Athletes Playing the NCAA Game. If you have an athlete, don't give up on homeschooling the high school years just yet. First, listen to this podcast. And finally, if you think you can't homeschool because you'll ruin your child or that they'll turn out weird, then you've just been duped. You will not ruin your child if you homeschool. If anything, you are giving your child an advantage and a solid foundation in biblical truths by homeschooling him or her. Your child will have far more opportunities than the average public or private school student because you homeschooled them. You're not limiting their choices. You're actually giving them more options and experiences when you homeschool them. And you won't ruin your relationship with your child. You will actually be able to build a stronger relationship and your child will have the time and space to build his or her relationships with his siblings, grandparents, and friends. Will your child be weird if you homeschool? Well, that depends on what your definition of what weird is and how much you want your child to conform to this world. But generally speaking, no. There's a great possibility your child will not turn out as an antisocial weirdo or hermit. There's a greater chance that your child will learn how to communicate and socialize with all kinds of people at all different ages. And there's a really good chance that when your child's college roommate finds out that he was homeschooled, his roommate will answer in shock with, you were homeschooled? No way. You're so cool, dude. So don't listen to the media or your busybody neighbors, and don't fall for the stereotypes of homeschoolers. We come in all shapes and sizes, and we don't all wear long dresses with veils on our heads while growing all of our own food and baking all of our bread while covering up our house antennas with aluminum foil because we think the government's spying on us. If you do see us with long dresses on, it's probably because we're off to a prom or some dance somewhere. And if you see us with some veils on, it's probably because we're in a musical theater production and it's part of our costume. And if you see us growing all of our own food or feeding our pet chickens in our backyard, it's probably because we figured out it's a much cheaper way to feed our families. You know, a dozen eggs are very expensive. And if you see us baking our own bread, it's probably because during the shutdowns, we jumped onto that sourdough bandwagon too, and we realized it was a lot of fun and it's an easy way to bake bread. And dude, if you see aluminum foil on our windows, it's probably a science experiment we're conducting and not because grandpa convinced us of his latest government conspiracy theory. If God has placed it on your heart to homeschool or to continue homeschooling, then don't use the excuse you can't because dot, dot, dot. And don't believe the lies and the myths you hear about homeschooling either. It is a Christian cliche, but it's true. Where God guides, he provides. And I'm not going to lie. Homeschooling comes with its challenges. It can be tough at times, and there will be days and seasons where you doubt God's calling on your life. But mamas, I can honestly say, homeschooling our children from birth to graduation was by far one of the best decisions my husband and I have ever made. Mamas, you can do this. You can homeschool. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. Don't forget to join us for our summertime series. Next week's podcast is all about homeschooling for free, or at least almost free.
If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out our new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Thanks in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.